0: plus. 18 plus. To me, to watch my
1: language because we're going live.
0: We're, we're live now,
2: so oh, welcome back man. in, everybody. Welcome to the the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, the lone Fantasy Football Podcast on the Landry Football Network. Um, so before we roll into it, we have, we got to do our our uh, thank yous here to Chris Landry and everyone else at LandryFootball.com. Um, go to LandryFootball.com. Anything from high school to college to NFL. So now apparently us doing fantasy football content to finish off the, I guess that'd be what the quad of football content, unless there's any more that we're missing. Anything from pregame to postgame film to interviews to players, coaches, scouting teams, and apparently us talking about some NFL teams. Also go to Twitch, uh, www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football to see our beautiful faces from five to six, Monday through Thursday, uh, every week, as long as oh, how long as. 6 to 7. Everybody lives on Eastern yeah. Time. shoot. Come I'm, on. I'm, the only one. I'm the only one that lives in Iowa that likes football, I guess. Um, so 6 to 7 Eastern Time to view um, our show as well as the many other shows that are on basically all day on the channel. That is www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. All right, Dwayne, it is Monday. You are back, and we're here to talk some NFC West today. Uh, first off, how are you doing, and do you have any initial thoughts on the NFC West? Uh, you know, I'm doing great, man. Life is just
1: wonderful. Um, I'm super jacked to be back here on the show. You know, I, I I went to this Twitch channel at Chris Landry, twitch.tv, whatever, Chris Landry, just to kind of see what other content was on here. And like, I left it on all day. It's super interesting stuff, like big radio shows, mm-hmm. like local radio shows or regional radio shows around there. And like these big hosts that like you've heard of on ESPN radio or something, if you listen to
0: the affiliates
1: and Here they are just doing their live thing. You watch them do it. It's kind of cool. But uh, anyway, I digress. NFC West. Yes, here's what I have to say about the NFC West. The NFC West is the best division in football, in real football. It's the best division top to bottom in real football. Maybe the AFC South has some top-end teams that really can compete, but these guys, um, it's not going to be a surprise if there are three teams in the playoffs this year with an added team in uh, the mix. But at the same time, Uh, the fantasy value or the fantasy, you know, the fantasy guys on this, on these rosters are not the top end fantasy guys. They're not all all that exciting. Like it was more exciting to me last week when we talked about AFC West, um, to break down some of those players. And it's going to be, I think for some of these guys this week, even though these teams are incredible, um, there's, there's not a ton of like value to be had on a lot of these guys. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's weird.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think this division, like, it's very uh, – you know what you're getting with the fantasy players. Like, there's not a big range of outcomes we always talk about. Or There's, like – I don't want to say there's not sleepers, but there's really not sleepers in this division or players that, like, you actually need to do a lot of research on to really know their true value. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think this is probably one of the better divisions uh, due to one of the teams uh, bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. We all know it's the Arizona Cardinals. I think that really rounded out sort of the, the four – uh, in this division. And it, honestly, all four could make it with seven teams in the playoffs. Now, if, I don't know, nine and seven at the bottom, that'd be kind of tough, but it could still be definitely possible for sure. I, they, right. they, may,
1: they may go division wide without a losing record this year. I mean, I don't I don't think the eight and eight for the Cardinals is out of the realm of even likely at this point. Not
2: yeah, NBA. that's definitely true. Definitely reasonable. righty, the first team, the San Francisco 49ers. So right off the rip, The quarterback uh, is not Skies, Nick Mullins. It is Jimmy G. Uh, I I struggle to rank, project, evaluate, play Jimmy G every year because I think he kind of falls in that Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Tannehill might be in there this year, Phillip Rivers, that kind of a range of quarterbacks per se. He's just the QB2 that no one wants to draft, but every year we have the same conversation of he was QB14 last year. Why don't we draft him? So what are your initial thoughts or just thoughts in general on Jimmy Garoppolo? Look, he's uh,
1: last season, just last season numbers alone, 22nd in pass attempts, right? Ninth in passing yards, 15th in touchdowns, 10th most interception, interceptions, and like no rushing volume at all. So it's just, it's a boring stat line for fantasy purposes. He's my 22. You said it, like he's right around that uh, the bottom end of the QB2s in Superflex, leagues where like you're considering taking him but it's it's easy to take somebody else he's not flashy he's never been flashy you know I have this conversation with one of the guys on my podcast uh, all the time you know we take flashy players and flashy names because we like the potential of some guys but if the smart fantasy owner would just say hey I'm gonna take the boring vanilla guy in the spot where I know he's gonna finish and Jimmy G screams that to me he's boring He's not exciting to talk about, but you said it, right? 15 or 14 or whatever it is last season. Um, He's going to probably finish in the top 24 this year. Going to be relatively consistent in the top 24 week in and week out because this offense is good, but uh, just boring. It's a boring player.
2: Yeah. Do you think that uh, the loss of Debo, uh, I know he didn't play with Hurd last year, but the potential of Hurd playing, do you think? Uh, I just I kind of do you think it helps or hurts his fantasy value or does it even touch it really? I don't think it messes with the fantasy value at all. Like
1: last year, none of these guys were there, right? Um, you know, Debo played some at the end of the year, which was awesome. But like, they're, he's playing with whoever he's got on the field, and more importantly, Kyle Shanahan is coaching to whoever's on the field, and Kyle Shanahan is a fantastic play caller in the regular season and most of the playoffs. But uh, it, it's not going to yeah. it's not gonna connect things. If anything, like. You know, Jimmy G's ADP stock might have been rising because, uh, you know, a Debo's stock rising or, you know, people like the AU draft or for whatever reason, they're excited about these guys. And now, you know, they get hurt or s- slow down. Bad news out of camp. Maybe his ADP's falling a little bit, but that's it. Enough about the boring quarterback. Let's go to the boring running backs, shall we? We got uh, enough of them that we could fill a freaking show about this backfield. Sure. Coleman, Mostert, McKinnon. I mean, Jeff Williams, is he even still on the team? I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? Who do you like? Who don't
2: you like? And why? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I had an interesting, like, fade Mostert. The, the whole offseason I've been saying fading him, and everyone's been kind of disagreeing. But then you actually look at it. He didn't start a single game last year, not even in the playoffs. Not even. He took the team to the Super Bowl and then got not benched but didn't get to start the next game. He didn't get a touch until, like, I think mean, it was drive four, I remember them saying. And it's not that Shanahan's a bad coach. It's just that Mostert is not the starting running back that we think he is. Like, he he would have been last year. He would have became the starting running, become the starting running back last year for how good he was playing. It's just not the role he's going to have. So I don't want to say necessarily fade him at all costs because his ADP is now sinking due to the whole contract. He did get a contract, but the whole – the idea of the team not believing in him. People are realizing this. At least I've seen him fall in the seventh, uh, eighth round in Superflex. That, that's a smash to me, especially if you're building sort of a zero RB or just kind of a, a boomer bust type roster per se. But I, So I don't really love him. Um, I've been growing on Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I think I gave him right around 50, 60 targets this year. I yeah, think dude. that – I. The problem that always I have in the back of my head is the injury and like, is he really healthy? Because he never has been healthy. But like, but then I then I vision if he is healthy, how good he'll be in this offense. Because I mean, guys like Coleman and them were getting Coleman and Mostert and Wilson were getting targets that were turning into touchdowns. And it's not like it was—I don't want to say not their talent, but like it's just the offense in general. So, if I had to pick one guy, it'd be McKinnon. Uh, if you're if you're telling me to pick one at ADP, but I think the Coleman McKinnon combo is definitely a good, really best ball redraft. I think I think it's a good thing to come out with every round because you're coming out with every draft because you're coming out with the starting running back, and you're coming out with the third down back of probably top five offense in the NFL.
1: the uh, run offense. Come on, all day. Um, I'm with you. Like I don't even want to talk about Tevin Coleman here, but Mostert. Like I'll I'll throw some stats at you here for Mostert, right? So he went seven touches a game through the first 10 weeks, 12 touches a game at the back half. So it's not like his volume went sky high. But if you only look at weeks 11 through 17, when he was averaging that 12 touches, uh, he only had a 54% snap share in the backfield, which you know, league-wide, that's about 17 at the position, right? Um, He had a 50% touch share. So again, he's not running away with anything. Seven and a half percent target share just in that time after he started taking over. Um so he doesn't, he doesn't really do that. He did have a 55% red zone touch share though. And that's kind of you know two two things to say about that. One, it's a little bit surprising because what people don't under people don't know or people don't realize is that this guy weighs like 189 pounds. Like he's a small back. Right? Raheem Mostert is not a big mm-hmm. guy, he's a small back. Why should he be getting the short yardage stuff? I don't know, but he scored a lot of touchdowns last year, might score. A lot of touchdowns this year, but really what last year kind of screamed to me and I've been yelled at for this comparison several times is uh, reminded me a lot of CJ Anderson from 2018, right? Like comes in late in the year, CJ Anderson in 2018 had you know, five and a half yards per carry 98 yards per game over the last whatever, two games and three playoff games were. You know, Mostert comes in and goes for eight games, you know, six yards per carry and 89 yards per game, but didn't start that till week 11, right? So, or maybe even week 12. So, fresh legs has something to do with it. I don't expect Mostert to get like quote unquote starting running back work just because that's the offense. It's what Kyle Shanahan does. But I also love McKinnon. I always have loved McKinnon. I actually have Jerick McKinnon as my running back 37 right now. I think he's going to get a ton of pass catching work. Um, since Kyle Shanahan has been in Atlanta, the running backs on this team averaged 23% target share. That's a lot of target share and, wow. um, you know, never less than 20%. That's forgive going average. Low, never been less than 20%. And uh, Jarek McKinnon is going to get it. Mostert's not the guy. They don't like throwing it to Coleman either, who had, what, 20, 30 targets in the entire season yeah. last year. I think they're excited about McKinnon. If they didn't think he had a place on this offense, they would have let him go a couple of years ago and save themselves a bunch of money. But they tried to keep him because Kyle Shanahan saw something that he liked and wanted to use, and he's still going to have the chance to do it. So let's do that, especially with Breida gone. Um, give, give me that all day at, at that ADP value. Uh, wide receivers, let's do those real quick. Uh, we are running out of time for this team. I know we're mm-hmm. things are tight. Yeah. So Debo Be- with the foot. Buy him cheap. He's my wide receiver 36, but when he's playing, he's going to he's gonna flirt with top probably 15 just based on what we saw at the end of the year, right?
2: Yeah. I Yeah, I I originally moved him, like, way back to, like, 60 just because there's no way he plays, right? Like, there's no way he comes back and plays it because if he played eight games, wide receiver 50 to 60 is probably, like, the range of outcomes he would probably sit in. But it sounds like he's going to be ready for at least week three to four. Like, they're saying maybe week one, and, yeah, he's definitely – Uh, a very, like, fun flex player. to, And that's a bad term. Like, you shouldn't be like, oh, he's fun. Draft him. Like, it's just like a very – There's something to be said about drafting guys you like to watch play, okay? Yeah, and he's just a very, like – his touches are guaranteed every game. He's going to get the ball, certain roles, certain spots on the field, and certain amount of times a game, and it's it's that simple. So, he's a perfect fantasy guy. And I think the next kind of guy, like, that would be Brandon Ayuk, that is he going to fill this role? Is he not – and I kind of uh, like how you kind of just like we're like eh, or just kind of like don't really know how to evaluate it because like I don't care if he's really that good or bad at football. Like he's gonna have to get work if Debo's out, Jalen Hurds out, Dante Pettis still apparently can't make the starting roster, so he's he's battling with Kendrick Bourne and Trent Taylor, and hey, then maybe hey, Debo.
1: Kendrick Bourne was. Good in flashes last year. In fact, I've got Kendrick born thirteen spots ahead of Ayuk in my rankings um, through the projections. He's wide receiver sixty-seven to Ayuk's eighty. But I think he's streamable. Kendrick, look, I am starting this year. You know, you have a watch list every year. You have to have yourself a COVID watch list this year because people are going to pop up like that. um, You know, day before, two days before a game. And they're going to be out for the for whatever. So you need a COVID list, and Kendrick Bourne is on my wide receiver COVID list because he will always be available. And should somebody on his team get hurt or slow down or whatever, Debo's not as quick to come back. You know, reports out of camp is that he looks good already. He he looks like the best on the team as it is. He's been on the team longer than any of these other guys. So I don't hate him. Last guy, and you have to talk about. I mean, you have to talk about Kittle. Kittle is going to be the tight end too. He has zero yeah. chance at being the tight end one. I don't I don't care who the hell you are. Zero chance at being the tight end one. Bottom line is that his team doesn't throw the ball nearly enough to be the tight end one. Kelsey's team throws it 80 times more a season. Kelsey's yeah. touchdown rate in his career, 5.1% of his catches go for touchdowns. Kittle's 39 He's not going to have the touchdowns. He'll go 1,000 yards and score five times. Yeah, it's not even like
2: – I don't even know if it's the passing attempts. It's just every case you can make for Kittle's positive regression, Kelsey matches his stats. The, the 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 yardage, the touchdown regression, the red zone attempts, the touchdown regression, the red zone targets, the touchdown regression, like they're all there. And I think it's more so people just want to get cute and put Kittle ahead of them, which like it just it's just not going to happen. But that being said, I still think it's a tier one of – Kelsey, Kittle, dude is Kittle's playmate. So it's not we're not saying like the the fantasy points per game isn't like a huge tier, but like the chances of Kittle actually surpassing him without an injury is definitely not there. But yeah, I still I still love Kittle. Still love Kittle. Um I'm one of the few that thinks tight ends in round two was a good pick. So that, that's there. So we gotta take him. Sure. All right. Let's move on. I'm going to click the button. Oh, you
1: you beat me. Oh, sorry. I, you, you can click, click the next All the way down the alphabetical list. Hold on while I scroll, Lucas. Goodness uh, gracious.
2: I'm waiting. All, All right. The Good L.C. Hawks
1: you. are this year what they were last year and the year before that and the year before that. You said it at the jump of the show, right? Like these teams, we just kind of know what you're getting with these teams, starting with Russell Wilson. Since 2012, Okay. Top 10 all but twice where he finished 11 his rookie year and once in 2016. He averages uh, six over the course of his entire career at the position. He's been top five four times. The standard deviation on his average, by the way, is three and a half. So you can fully expect him to finish between QB2 and QB10 this year. It's just where he's going to go. He's as consistent as they come. Draft him. He's not where, flashy. Where do you have him ranked? I have him ranked five, so right, right uh-huh. in that, right in the middle.
2: Yeah, and
1: he is the, the start of my tier two at quarterback. So my top four guys all are tier one. He's he is the start of my tier two, and I I wouldn't mind having him everywhere.
2: Yeah, he's definitely like one of the guys that I think it's like they don't pass the ball, but like come on, like but then we're taking Lamar Jackson, like it's yeah, I definitely think he's uh, one of my favorite. Uh, he's probably like my number two quarterback to draft, I guess you could say in terms of ADP, but I definitely think. You know what you're going to get, and apparently, man, if, if we're going to let Russ – hashtag let Russ cook, it's becoming a thing. He's even been, like, talking to the coach. It's it's becoming a hashtag. So if they let Russ cook, I mean – Okay, in,
1: in his career, he's had years where he threw it 553 times, years where he's thrown it 393 times. He's had years where he rushed 233, and he's had years where he rushed 725. It doesn't matter. He always manages to finish right in that same range, right around QB6 doesn't matter how he does it is he's gonna is that's where it's gonna be okay it's either gonna be in the
2: rushing or it's gonna be in the passing or one or the other it can't be both yeah no I totally agree so we don't have to talk about him anymore let's move on to the one two three seven million running backs they have on this team insurance policies um, baby fantastic team building but fantastic sorry not fantastic fantasy team building strategy I guess. Right at the top, you have Chris – we'll just read them all off. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, Carlos Hyde, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. Probably Beast Mode comes back for the playoffs, something stupid like that. But they legit have five running backs that have all, A, been fantasy producers, A, started at some point in the last two years for this team, not Carlos Hyde, but for another team. And, B, been started, benched, probably almost cut. Yeah, it's it's a disaster. So I'm assuming you have Carson – the highest that make the most sense, but how high relatively do you have Carson? Is he back to that back end one or is he kind of just floating in the middle of the twos?
1: Okay. So uh, you said a, and then a again, and then B just clear, oh, clean gosh. it up, clean it up for the listeners and the viewers. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. Clean it up, Right, Precision of language is important. Read the giver. All right. I've got Carson at actually at 24. I have him uh, kind of low in here. Here's a couple of things we know Chris Carson is going to do. He's going to run it at least 230 times. We know that he's going to go a thousand yards. We know that he's going to catch 25 balls or more. We know that. And he's going to have nine total touchdowns. Exactly. We know that it's happened the last two years. It's going to happen again this year. He's also going to get hurt and miss some time. He's going to get hurt and play a lot of games on the questionable tag. These are things we know about Chris Carson. Um, So I've got him at 24, you know, all those things being true. As far as the rest of the guys, you know, Hyde and Penny, I think will probably end up pretty close. By the end of the season, I know Penny's injury thing is weird, but when he's in there, Hyde is going to take a deep back seat. Um, So I think that, you know, neither of them are worth owning at all, ever. I have them both right around running back 60, uh, if you're curious. Do you like either of those guys or, or Travis Homer or whoever the hell else you listed? Yeah, DJ, DJ think is yeah. was one of my least favorite running backs coming out of That's Colorado. Great. It was gross.
2: His, his take. Yeah, it is bad. I I don't know if I necessarily like them, but I think it's a it's a fact of, like, at some point you're going to have – you're going to want to pick them up off the waivers because Carson's going to be hurt or he's going to fumble. We, we did this last year. There was games where it's like, all right, Carson starts, but then he'd come out for Penny to go into the goal line or Homer into the goal line. And it's like, yeah, it's annoying, but at a certain point, like, get over that because it's going to happen. It happens all the time. So we have to – adjust, and adjust by that, I mean, I mean, it's going to be week one, Carson, Hyde, Homer, probably. I would imagine the pecking order, one, two, three. If Penny comes back, sure, you would imagine Dallas takes over Homer. Carson's still – or, sorry, Hyde's still a good running back. Hyde's going to be the two for as long as they keep him around here. But I think it's at what point does Chris Carson fumble or get hurt that the team just rolls with Hyde? I think that's the bigger question. On this team, because Carlos Hyde was efficient last year, four point four yards per carry, I believe. And I mean, clearly Seattle doesn't care who their running back is; they just want to win football games and run the ball. And they made that obvious bringing back Beast Mode for the playoffs. So, but you, but you say, at what point do do
1: Carson's fumbles and injuries say make the team say let's move on? Well, like those have existed every year or the last two years, yeah. and they don't move on. He's he's just going to be what he is. Yeah. So and and I if think he's going to be the only rosterable running back. I think if you can get him as a running back too, you should definitely do it and be happy with it. Don't don't mess with anybody else on that in that backfield though. What about what about the receivers? Are you a big believer that DK takes a huge step forward this year or are you a locket guy
2: all day? I so okay, so I like Okay, so the question of like is DK the wide receiver one? Absolutely. not. Tyler Lockett has been the most efficient receiver for the last two years on this team. He's not letting this guy that ran, literally ran three routes total last year with the percentages of, like, one of them was, like, 96%. Like, and everyone's like, it's his rookie year. Okay, but if he's such a good football player, he would more run more than three routes, being the fact that he had, what, 90-some targets last year. So, like, I, I don't know. It, DK, let,
1: me ask, let me ask you this question about that argument, though. Uh, and look it up for next week. I want you to answer this question: right. How many routes did Randy Moss run?
2: Yeah, I. You're, that's, I mean, it's a good question. To a full route tree to be a stud. No, but the 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 problem is his routes are all just nine routes, not wide receiver one caliber routes. I guess if that makes sense. Like Michael Thomas runs three routes, but they're all like routes that you would want your wide receiver run to run. DK just goes. And yes, he had a bunch of targets, but like the completion percentage wasn't there. And he had Russell Wilson. So like we can expect maybe a little bit of boosted completion percentage, but Russell Wilson was putting the ball in DK's hands. It was just a matter of if he was converting. So I, I mean, like my projections have him close because you have to. We mentioned it's a vacuum on these teams. Uh, I mean, I guess I have Lockett 40 points ahead of him in total for ppr but i think this, in respect to the value of them it's pretty close but i'm still lockett um team lockett i guess you could say but i still think they're both really good fantasy picks in general i love me some lockett lockett's my
1: wide receiver 10 right now i like dk he's my wide receiver 27 if you can get him as your three please do because the upside on a week-to-week basis that ceiling is great yeah lockett's great you know lockett was the number one had the had the most red zone targets in the league last season of any player at any position like that's that's uh considering how big dk is that was surprising to me to see but that's going to happen again last tight ends on this team you know we got will disley we got greg olson i don't know who else is there look let me say this about will disley and then i'll let you i'll let you talk about him because i'm done um both of these guys in the 20s for me by the way will disley scores a touchdown in every every five catches but Will Disley also gets a season-ending injury every 15 catches. So like, <laughs> okay. do with him what you will. I'm I, he's my third tight end in all deep leagues everywhere because I'll play him for those four games and I'll score a whole bunch of points.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like Greg Olson. Like, I like the idea of like he didn't retire. He signs with this with Russell Wilson to go catch six balls for 60 yards a game. Like I, I think that's very doable. Uh, yes, Will Disley is there. But Will Disley kind of plays like the overall J back tight end that just runs good routes in the red zone type. That's why he catches one touchdown every five balls, and then one season-ending injury every fifteen receptions or whatever targets, whatever. So I don't know. I mean, I think I would definitely pick Olson. I'm definitely I have Olson ranked higher, but I don't think I don't know. I mean, you got Jacob Hollister, Colby Parkinson there. Like I don't know, like if they're like gonna out snap them by any means, but like they're all there still too. So I guess maybe Olsen, I'm not drafting Olsen. It's more of like, if we see it week one, that he's going to get seven targets a game, then he's probably going to be a good uh, back end tight end one weekly streamer. But besides that, it's really, to me, it really comes down to Russ and Tyler Lockett and DK are really the three guys that I Carson. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. Don't, it's just a, don't, don't talk about Chris or, or uh,
1: What's his what, – Greg Olson. Don't talk about Greg Olson like he's an innovator, okay? He did what Jimmy Graham did. Instead of retiring, he went yeah, to – Jimmy Seattle. Graham just got paid yeah. by your Bears, so – I can't stand Greg Olson as a human. <laughs> Quick story as to why before we move on. I'm a Bears fan, huge Bears fan. We drafted Greg Olson um, pretty highly years and years and years ago. I was living in North Carolina at the time, and I went with a bunch of my my Carolina Panthers friends to the Bears – Panthers football game. We had great seats. We had handicapped seats. So we were uh, upper deck right up against the railing without anybody behind us. Fantastic. Anyway, Bears are winning big, I think, by 20 points, 24 points at halftime. Greg Olson comes out and fumbles the ball three times in a row in the second half. Two of those were taken back for touchdowns, and we lost. And after the after the mess I was talking to all the Panthers fans around me, um, that was a terrible, terrible Afternoon for me, so it's it's tainted my uh my view of the man ever since.
2: Can't stand him. All right, you heard it here, folks. Do not draft Greg Olson because it ruined Do ruined my
0: childhood.
2: day, ruined his day, childhood life. So, Either childhood.
1: How old do you think I am? I've been an adult for your entire life, sir. Let's twenty, 20 years.
2: All right, cool. All right, Well, before we go on to the next team, uh, we gotta do a little house cleaning still, you know? Uh, so since we are allowed to be part of the straight network, the Landry Football Network, we got to let you know about it. So if you just joined in, um, go to www.landryfootball.com to check out um, all of our podcasts are on there, as well as uh, a ton of different stuff from high school to college, to NFL. Dwayne said some old, uh, older or past ESPN radio hosts are on this channel. I haven't really looked a ton, but it's film analysis, scouting, uh, coaching evaluations, team evaluations. There's packages you can buy with um, exclusive content to team evaluations. Uh, and if you go to www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football, you can see our beautiful faces on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 6 to 7 Eastern time, as well as many other shows, like I said, from high school all the way up to the NFL. Uh, I don't think maybe we've got to get his own show so he can sing for you guys or something, something like that. Uh, they perform the Dewey's Nuts show. I have a
1: great singing voice. My wife tells me, and my kids do all the time that I sound just like whoever's
2: on the radio. There we go. So head on over to Twitch, guys, or LandryFootball.com to check out all of the content. Dude, Landry um, Football has
1: everything on there. Like you it you could you could grab a whole bunch of snacks and Mountain Dew and sit in your basement and read about football for probably four weeks without moving. Provided you had a diaper or something. Just going through everything he's got. This dude is legit. He's he's uh he's something else. All right, let's go.
2: Cardinals. All right. So you have Kyler in your tier one of quarterbacks. Yeah. Can I tell um, you why? Can I kick yeah, this off? You can you can you can kick it off, yeah.
1: Close to my heart. Um, yeah, he he's my four. He's my, he's the end of my tier one, which means I think he's as likely to finish as the QB one as Dak, Lamar, or Patrick Mahomes. Here's why. First off, um, Kyler was the number two quarterback in rushing yards last season. And in fact, if you only look at fantasy points scored from rushing work, he scored more rushing fantasy points than Austin Eckler, James Conner, Devonta Freeman, Matt Breida, Latavius Murray. And he had the exact same amount of fantasy points from rushing work as Devin Singletary last year. He's a he's a stud. Um, he's a stud with the ball in his hands. We knew that coming out. Some people thought maybe he's too small. Maybe his speed was uh, a tricky in college because his size was just not going to get it done in the NFL, but he proved that he can do it. But also, kid can throw the ball, ninth most pass attempts in the league last year, even though the following things were true. Um, the whole As a team, or as a whole, the team was 23rd and third down conversion, so they weren't on the field that often. They were bottom two in time of possession, bottom two in plays on defense. That means they ran more plays on defense than almost anybody. Bottom two in yards given up on defense. So, again, they weren't on the field, man. He still ran for 544 yards, threw the ball ninth most in the league. This offseason, the team recognized the deficit on defense. Heavy capital invested first in the draft with Isaiah Simmons going at the 108. They took two D tackles in that draft, two linebackers in that draft. They went out and got another inside linebacker edge rusher and D tackle in free agency. They're spending money to try to fix the problem to put Kyler Murray on the field more often. Last point about the defense, because it's relevant here. Vance Joseph is the defensive coordinator on this team. The last time he was a defensive coordinator um, for the Cincinnati Bengals, 2014 and 2015, his first year there. The Cincinnati Bengals defense was 26th in the league. His second year there, they improved to 11th in the league. Um, So, look, this is his second year here. A lot of new weapons on that defensive side of the ball. I think Kyler's on the field more, and that absolutely translates to more points, more touchdowns, more yards, more everything for a guy that finished seven last year.
2: Go get him. Go get him. There you go. Yeah, I think – all the like numbers for like yeah it, it all adds up for this team to score more points to be um uh I don't want to say that they be guaranteed more offensive plays because like if the offense is better they'll run less plays but like in general like just better offensive plays I guess I'm just not fully bought in to put him in my tier one he's my QB five uh my tier one is Mahomes or Lamar Mahomes Dak, and then it's Russ than him but they're All like I'd rather have Kyler than draft Mahomes at ADP by a mile. So I definitely like that take there. Um, yeah, I the O line's the only thing that scares me because like it didn't really get better. But Josh Jones comes in; they feel as long as they feel confident about the O line, I think that says more than who they bring in more often than not. Um, so we'll see if they give him more time to throw or maybe just create better running lanes for the, the team in general. Um, now onto the running backs for this team. So. Kenyon Drake, I
1: got a ton of stuff to say here too. You just want to shut up and let me do the show? Jeez. Yeah, baby. go for it. I mean, I mean, so Kenny
2: Drake is a Twitter fantasy football Twitter, just like just brand in general. I didn't know this. He he started tweeting all these all these gifts, and he tweeted a picture the other day, like when you draft me at RB seven and I win your league, and it's a picture of him smiling, like it's just it's this comedy. It's just what I'm you want. i know what you're saying. Okay, I'll go follow him. Yeah, right I mean, now. it's just what you want on your fantasy team. But today, um. I would tell you he got hurt, but I don't know if he got hurt. He put yeah, yeah, there's been reports or pictures of him in a walking boot. This happened last year to him as well as Derrick Henry. It was actually like relatively a year ago today for him. He says he's fine. Derrick Henry was fine. The team says he's probably fine. So I we just needed to let you know, but just in case you draft him, you're like, what the hell, why don't you tell me he's in a walking boot? But in general, I think Kenny Drake is interesting to project. I think that's, that's the way to. Easy, I, easy to project is how I'm going to say it.
1: Let me, let me tell you why. Can I tell you why? Yeah. yeah. The walking boot is he did it last year too. So did Derrick Henry last year. Totally precautionary. There's nothing to be worried about at all. First of all. Um, yeah. This, this offensive line wasn't great last year. 22nd in run blocking according to uh, football outsiders, but as a team, they had, uh, second best yards per carry in the league okay so like what does that tell you tells you that the the running scheme is successful if the line gets even a little bit better i mean it's a scheme that's in place that's already there to help i've heard the argument time and time again i think you said once that oh Kenyon drake had a couple of good games and that's the only reason people are even talking about about that Somebody said that. Maybe, maybe. it's. I know, I know who it was. It was Danny.
2: I mean, come on.
1: Like, who do we think it is? He's the whole, like, didn't, yeah. I've never had a conversation with that Canadian, and I'm okay with that. Um, here, let me let me break down Kenyon Drake. First of all, he was the running back four in his time in Arizona over that whole time. Um, but he here's his weekly finishes two, 21, 17, 43, 34, 1, 3, and 16. He joins a very short list of guys. I'm going to give you that list, okay? Remember that he only played, I'm only counting the eight games in Arizona here on this list. But um, there are five guys in the league that finished as a top three fantasy back three times or more. Only five guys. Uh, They are CMC, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and Kenyon Drake. Okay, Those are the only guys that finished inside the top three three times or more on the season. Um, and uh, if that's the ceiling that you're talking about for Kenyon Drake, give it to me. If, you, some, if you're if you going to sit here and try to say, but his floor is so much lower, I'm going to go on then and tell you that, look, outside some of these same guys outside the top 24 on the year, CMC only did it once, but Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry finished outside the top 24 five times. Um, Dalvin Cook only did it once. Kenyon Drake only did it two times. His floor is real similar to the guys on this list. Uh, He and Aaron Jones are the only two with double-digit ADPs. So if you can get a guy who has stupid ceilings, uh, best-in-the-league ceiling right there with guys like CMC, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, um, without having to have that huge risk of a guy that's going to go outside the top 24 six, seven times, like give me Kenyon Drake all day. I have him ranked as my 11, but I'd be willing to take him as my one and be pretty comfortable with, with this this guy on this team that I like.
2: Yeah, I think where it's tough for me is the rushing. Uh, I, I want to say like per-game production and efficiency, it can't go up. It was already up. It can go to number one, but come on. It's not going to go to one. It might regress a little, but it's still going to be good. Uh, the, the problem with it is is the whole game split thing, the before and after Kenyon Drake experiment, the way the team ran, not like how he produced, the way the team ran. They tried to run the ball in this air raid attack, kind of. Then they switched to the spread attack, and then Ken and Drake thrived. I think they're going to run this whole spread air raid, which creates fantastic running lanes because you're spread, pretty simple, right? And the O-line has good running lanes. Uh, the, the, the issue with snapshotter is not a problem. I know I have uh, Edmonds and Eno basically projected for nothing because when Ken yeah. and Drake was there, Edmonds was healthy and saw no work. So it's it's Kenyon Drake's field or field backfield to win my projections like him a lot my rankings right around you of the 11 he has to be ranked to there just because or like maybe a little higher but like he can't be lower than an rb1 just because if you play 16 games in this offense there's not a chance he finishes less than rb12 uh assuming that he's the starting running back because it's just going to be an electric offense but that being said I always go back to how are they going to run this offense how are they going to run this offense so it's not really me doubting the ability or the way this offense is going to be run. It's just how they're going to decide to do it. Because we, but we, will, we will know right away week one how they will decide to run this offense. And I think that'll be a really good confirmation. Or either way, it's going to be a good confirmation of people that drafted him and vice versa. And then if you didn't draft him, you would be like, well, why didn't I draft him? I knew he was good all along. So I think he'll be – it'll be interesting to see week one um, how that how that plays out, I guess. And I'll be – Mean you'd be waiting to either. I mean, do you have a lot of shares of him right now? I, got a couple I, don't of in I don't have any shares of him. It's really disappointing.
1: I have 39 uh, fantasy teams right now and oh I don't have God. a single share. You know, I'm going to go trade for him today. I'm going I'm to make it my mission uh, that I <clears> sleep until I make a trade for this guy. Moving on to the wide receivers, though, buddy. We got DeAndre Hopkins here. So I have some stats in here, but uh, I took them directly from you. Do you want to
2: you say them yourself, or do you want me to – I, I don't have the stats. I was going to – I needed to re-pull those. So you, can, you can read them off, and I'll confirm, because I must have deleted my, my notes or something. Go for it.
1: I, I don't I – I I, yeah, you read them off. Okay, so here's what Lucas told me several, several weeks ago when we did a series on guys to avoid. He said, if you look at the last 10 years, you can take all the wide receivers that were being drafted in the top 10 at the position – and move from one team to another team. If you look at just that data set, here's what we saw from those guys. Um, we saw a market share dip of 10%, 10.13% dip in market share, 12.68% dip in fantasy production. And both of those numbers include a guy, Brandon Marshall, who increased his fantasy production 40%. So he's an outlier that skews his data a little bit. If you remove that, expect those numbers to go down even further. And again, these are only wide receivers being taken in the top 10 at the position. These are stud wide receivers. Okay, So if you just take the 12.68% in fantasy production away from Nook last season, that would have put him at the wide receiver 10. Okay, um, If you if you ignore the outlier of Brandon Marshall, probably more like 11, 12. I have him ranked at 13, so I think that's where he's going to finish. The other thing I want to point out here, um, the biggest difference to me going from Houston to Arizona is just the 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 depth of of passing right in this air offense that we expect to see from Arizona the ball doesn't go we don't have the same air yards okay Watson's air yards over his career 12 yards per completion Nook's 14 yards per completion Kyler went 10 yards per completion last year that's where you're supposed to see it in the offense that they want to run in Arizona so uh, if that comes down on top of everything else I think 13 is a pretty good place to put him
2: yeah and and I I haven't met 11 or 10 so I'm like high on him like so the thing with with this data is that it's there every year we see this happen every year Odell last year was the reason I was off of him because it just does not transfer I mean like Kurt Warner had an interview that I was listening to I think four to five years ago and I, I just popped up and I was, I was listening to it on YouTube and it he said that it takes a year or at least took him a year MVP quarterback Super Bowl quarterback I think he's in the Hall of Fame took him a year to get adjusted to this new team. That's him calling the plays. I'm sure it's even harder for a receiver to wait for the quarterback to adjust to him than for him to adjust the quarterback. So we see this every year, and for some reason, it it doesn't catch on. People won't accept the fact that this is a thing. Odell's back up at 13. The data for the next following year is just as bad. I know I harped on it in the Browns when we did last week, and – the reasoning I guess I have from that, Tim, is because it's DeAndre Hopkins. And this offense is supposed to be electric. I could see him being that Brandon Marshall 40%, not 40% jump, yeah. not 40% jump. It'll be like a 2% jump it's because his brutal. numbers are already there. But I could see him just breaking even as the problem. Yeah. But I'm very analytical guy. I'm going to rely on the probability that says 9 out of the 10 guys in the sample did by 12%. Well, one of them which is an outlier, so in reality you just throw it away anyways, went up 40%. So I guess like – It's our
1: job, Lucas, to go with the most likely scenario. Is it possible that he ends up wide receiver one? Sure. But most likely not so much. A couple other receivers on this team, though. Is there anybody else you like? I mean, my next best receiver on the team at Christian Kirkus is is 63, Larry at 70, and forget about everybody else. It's just not going to be – yeah. Enough volume to go around. Max Williams at start is he the starting tight end? I don't even know who the starting tight end is yeah. right My, now. Eric.
0: Yeah.
2: My projections like Christian Kirk. Um but that being said, like I could see Larry having a bigger role. I could see Isabella Akeem Butler counteracting the Christian Kirk role in some way. So yeah, Can't it's definitely, on any of it though. Can't think no, on any. No. So it's yeah. It, it to me it's really just a, it's one of those situations where when you don't know, draft the quarterback. It's just kind of how it comes down to it. I know it's not a good – because you want to diversify your team, so doing that's not good for you. But I think some scenarios when the, number line, when the data and the numbers line up, you take the quarterback with the occasional Kenyon Drake here and there. But still, when there's some question marks around them, um, I guess you can still fade him a little bit. But, yeah, I think the DeAndre Hopkins I think is the big big takeaway that it's going to burn people, and they're going to be like, wait, what happened? And then we're all going to be sitting over here like, we, we told you it was going to happen, and then it's going to happen again next year. They're going to rank him, like, top two. Listen to us. Exactly. Listen to
1: us. Write this stuff down, people. I know the show is recorded. You can find it, uh, landerfootball.com or TCKPod.com. After <laughs> the fact, if you just write it down now, you don't have to listen to it again. You know, exactly. although, if you just want to see our face, I I don't blame you. I got makeup yeah, on. Like a, yeah. Shave my face a
0: little
1: bit. I the makeup going. <laughs> Looking for foundation next time though. I gotta hide, hide my hide my bags. All right, I think yeah. Tyler's still listening.
2: He knows about makeup too. So, cool. is that who that is the supporter? Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, the Los Angeles Rams. I I'm just gonna say that this team is fun for fantasy. This team is always undervalued for fantasy, and they always uh, minus Tyler Higbee because he's the backup tight end always produce above expectations. So Jared Goff. Many people have different views. He's a fantastic fantasy quarterback. I bet you and I have different views. Do you not? I mean, he's a fantastic fantasy quarterback because his road splits are terrible and his home splits are fantastic. There you go. So just don't play him on the road, the road games and play him in the home games. That's a fantastic quarterback.
1: Yeah, you say it's a fantastic fantasy quarterback, but in order to be able to do that, you have to draft him and some other guys and take roster spots away. I'd rather have a Russell Wilson that never, ever, ever plays oh, sure. poorly. Um, here's my take on Jared Goff. Okay, I just did a bus show on my podcast. You're a football fantasy. You can find it anywhere you want. But uh, in 2018, golf was my bus quarterback. Okay, so I'll I'll just throw that out there. Right. Um, 2018 went 4,600 yards. Actually, 4,688 yards. That's important. 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. 2019, 4,638 yards. That's a 50 yard difference. Year over year, that's incredible that they managed to do that. Twenty-two yards or touchdowns. Yo, that's ten less. Sixteen interceptions. That's four more this year. Um, he's only going to throw four thousand thirty-six yards, twenty-three touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. Here's some reasons why. First of all, Todd Gurley leaving this team is a big deal for Jared Goff, both because Todd Gurley was a fantastic pass catcher and weapon for Goff, and he used him. You might remember that 2018 season. My favorite stat out of that season. Was that Jared or uh, Todd Gurley had more yards after the catch than he had total receiving yards? Which means he caught the ball behind the line of scrimmage often enough that he had it, that 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 gap between the line of scrimmage and his catch point made up this difference. It was insane to look at, but I checked it a hundred times. It really did happen. But uh, it, not just that he's an incredible weapon, but when teams game planned against the Rams over the last two years, they game planned first against Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley was one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best, if you look back to 2018, 2017. So he opened up the passing game just by the fact that he was on the field. I got a couple of splits for you if you want to hear them. Um, without Gurley on the field, Jared Goff's passing yards almost cut in half. 16 to 24 completions. For Goff, 16 when Gurley's not on the field, 24 when he is on the field. And his yards per catch go down from 12.4 with Gurley on the field to 10.4 without Gurley. That's because his time in the pocket went down when Gurley was not on the field as well. That's a big deal. He's not the only guy leaving that makes a difference for Goff, though. Um, Brandon Cooks leaves this team, and the, there were only three games where Brandon Cooks was not on the field with Jared Goff. And in those three games, Jared Goff threw one touchdown and four interceptions. Like it makes a difference when you have a guy that is a deep threat and opens up the passing game underneath. It's not like Brandon Cooks was the greatest receiver in the world. It's not like Todd Gurley did all the receiving work for Jared Goff. But the thing that both of those guys did was make Goff's life easier. They're both gone now. Can Cam Akers be what Todd Gurley was, maybe eventually, but it's not gonna happen now. I, I got Goff as a bust. I have him ranked as my QB26 right now. So if you're taking him as a super flex two, you're gonna you're gonna regret that. Yeah.
2: Right, oh, taking, no. I, yeah. I feel like I keep taking over all the
1: time here, Lucas, but you're so
2: quiet. No. no, I think like this the splits make sense, obviously. But I think that Gurley was so bad last year. Cam Akers is gonna come in and but Gurley last, went four hundred and eighty yards receiving last year. What do you I scored thirteen touchdowns last year? What I guess what, what, I guess man. I guess I just really like Cam Akers and I think that he's gonna bring more not more, but he's gonna bring eighty percent of Todd Gurley's playmaking and ability to this offense, which I think is really it's it's really all you're gonna to need to still kind of stay around that undervalued QB2 range, I guess, is kind of the way I look at it.
1: There's one thing I didn't, I I, I failed to mention here that I should mention now that you're sucking on uh, Cam Akers' schlong there. Um, Was that appropriate? I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Look, I can't censor everything, sir. Um, The other reason that Jared Goff is going to be a bust and that he's going to lose 600 passing yards is because the coach of this team uh, said very clearly – that he wants to emulate what San Francisco's doing. He wants a better balance like San Francisco has, and he wants to utilize the entire running back regalia on that team like San Francisco is doing. If they do balance like that,
2: dude's going to throw it less. Okay, fair enough. We had a question that kind of uh, relates to that. So uh, the first part of the question is, McVay can't feed golf the plays, which might have led to regression thoughts. McVeigh uh, can't feed Goff. Oh, uh, well,
1: yeah, that that could be a problem. I don't think that Jared Goff is the yeah. brightest quarterback out there, and you know that it, you know that anything good that happens on that field is all McVeigh and his super mind.
2: That's um, true.
1: That's reasonable. Is that a thing that's happening is the mic shutting off sooner. I don't know. I get. Look, the commish says it must be true. That is facts. They, they do. That, They're,
2: that they're could my could fellow What they had yeah. up
1: until like ten seconds left or whatever it was last year. I don't remember.
2: Uh, that's fine. Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, okay. We can move on to the running backs. It it's Cam Makers backfield. I don't, not even because Daryl Henderson got hurt, because they took a $16 million cap hit and then drafted Cam Makers. Like that, that is the only reasoning that I will fall back on because a team that's already negative in cap, has a terrible defense, and just got embarrassed last year after making it to the Super Bowl, does not go take $16 million, which is half of. Tom Brady's contract, relatively, in which the Cowboys could really use to go pay their QB one and Anthony Dalton. You know, sorry, Dak Prescott. Same difference. They're both yeah. <laughs> they didn't take this cap hit when they could use that tremendously to not to, on to releasing Todd Gurley for no reason, right? Like they don't they don't feed Gurley, feed Gurley, feed Gurley. Take a sixteen million dollar cap hit and be like, and eh, we're just going to go to a committee backfield now. That they
1: I believe yeah. McVay, Sean McVay, when he says he wants to do a better split between those backs. I don't I don't think it's going to be, you know, an even split. Like in San Francisco, You, it's like 32 to 34 to 31 yeah. percent. The way that I broke it down, um, I gave Cam Akers 52 percent of the carry share and 59 percent of the running back target share. So, like, for me, that gives him a total of 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns. Like, I've got him as my running back 23. I think he's going to be really good this year. But uh, it's definitely not going to be. He's not going to be on the field as much as Gurley was. Um, so if you're expecting him to come in and replace Gurley, even eighty no. percent Gurley, that's I think that's yeah. going to be a mistake this year. Maybe in a, maybe in years down. I the mean, road.
2: yeah, I still have him. I have 180 rushing attempts for Acres to Malcolm Brown's 80 to Henderson's 65, and then I have 40 targets to Acres, 20 to Brown, 34 to Henderson. So I still have it relatively like 60, like 55. 30, 25, if I can do math, right, or 50, or whatever it be. So I think I, it's not going to be, like, 100% hit, but I still think it's majority. the majority. Benef- the beneficial or the, the most expected fantasy points touches are going to go to Cam Akers. Brown might
1: come in. It comes down to touchdowns for me, because, like, Gurley did a score, just scored at will. Yeah, sometime. exactly. And, and maybe, that's, maybe that's a scheme. Maybe that's the line. Maybe they're just that good down close. Um, maybe it was just Todd Gurley was that good with the ball. If Cam Akers can do it, like 11 touchdowns is – is fine. Let's go. Let's go. Wide receivers. Uh, before we run out of time yeah. here, because we got Two,
2: studs yeah. in cup. Two of the most undervalued fantasy receivers ever. Like hey, this, I don't get it. So, okay, so Robert Woods and Hayden Winks uh, expected points model, which is not like him creating this model. This is him taking the, fa- the expected fantasy points per game for these receivers last year. Robert Woods was four, number fourth in expected points behind Tyreek Hill, Devonta Adams, Julio Jones. That has to mean something. Now you're removing Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup. Brandon Cooks, someone has to take over this deep threat role. I don't think it's slow slot receiver Von Jefferson, Van Jefferson, or whatever. I don't think it's Josh Reynolds because they wouldn't have drafted Jefferson if they really, really loved Reynolds. I think Reynolds is good, but I still think there's kind of a an aspect of Jefferson's going to take over Reynolds, Reynolds' role or they're going to run like a 1-2-3-A-3-B kind of rotation with this. But what I'm saying is Robert Woods now takes his role – in which he rushes the ball like a lot, surprisingly a lot. He runs the ball like, I mean, I haven't projected pretty right around his average here at 20 rushing attempts for 150 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's pretty close to his average. I think it gave him a little more because Cooks is gone, who does run the ball too. So Robert Woods is like the best. I think he's a third-round pick, maybe fourth-round pick. I've, I've think really right now. And then Cooper Cup is right there with him. I mean, people, his ADP is so low just because of what he did at the end of the year. And that was because they switched to this two tight end set because they, they needed to win football games, plain and simple. They had to try and make the playoffs so they didn't look bad, but they only won six to seven games. And obviously, I think they only won seven or eight, but they, they at least competed those end of those games by switching to 12 personnel. So, uh, I mean, who do you have ranked higher, I guess, in general? And do you like them both for fantasy? I do love them both. I got cup at
1: nine and woods at 13. I'll just give you my lines for him real quick. 123 targets for cup, 128 for Woods. Um, I think Woods goes over a thousand, cups goes over cup goes over eleven 1, hundred. The big difference here, the, the difference maker in the rankings is the touchdowns because Woods yeah. just does not score them. He I I gave him five and Cooper Cup is a is a touchdown machine. I gave him eight touchdowns, you know. Last season. He was number nine in wide receiver red zone targets despite missing time. He had 18 red zone targets. His rookie year, which is the only other year he played, he was six in wide receiver red zone targets with 20 yeah. red zone targets. They love this kid in the red zone, so he's got the touchdowns. And then just to mention him briefly, like I'm super concerned about Van Jefferson because he does exactly what Cup does from the same spot on the field yeah. that Cup does those things. So unless they want to move him to the outside, he's going to be standing on the sidelines with Cup as we watch Josh Reynolds be the two in their 12th personnel, which they're going to run. Sometimes you can't leave Higby and Everett off the field forever, but I see a hard, I see a hard road for Van Jefferson to get on the field at all, unless they bump him to the outside.
2: Yeah, and I think we, I can lead us into the tight ends here. So just a general fantasy tip, and I know we mentioned probability. The splits with Higby with Everett is you don't even know who Tyler Higby is, right? Yeah. Bad. But Tyler Higby was the number one tight end, and there's this whole debate about which splits to take. Blah blah blah. When in doubt, the probability says that you. There's been studies on this. You take the first half of the season. It's just usually what trends year over year because players aren't hurt, the team is in full health. Blah blah. But now when they're both coming back, you have to imagine that this is a a one a one b tight end chair, meaning you really don't want either of them. Maybe you stash Everett just for an injury, or maybe you get Higby at a discount. But to me, like. I think they're going to run a lot more 11 personnel than we think, meaning they're still going to run 12, but I still think that's just going to be a situation where you're going to be like, where's Higby? Why isn't he on the field? Or, or where's Everett? Why isn't he on the field? That, that type of thing. So I, I lean Everett at ADP. I, they're pretty close in my rankings because they're going to be used the exact same way, and Everett's a much better athlete that Sean McVay raves about. He's really – he's raved about him since he got hurt. He hasn't said anything about Tyler Higby. So I lean Everett. Uh, who do you lean?
1: Um, so, you know, i obviously Everett's a better athlete. Um, and I'd love to be able to say Everett here, but I lean, I lean Higby, but just by a little bit, not by enough for it to count. And I only say that because like, first of all, somebody pointed this out to me on my show the other day, like Higby has started every game, every mm-hmm. game in his career. I know he's a blocking tight end. That's primarily what he's been in the past, but after showing what he showed at the end of last season, they're going to pass the ball to him. They're going to give him the ball. He proved that he can do it. And, uh, you know, when Everett was the pass catching tight end on this team early on, he was getting two, three targets a game. Higby comes in and he starts going six targets a game, seven targets a game. So I've got Higby at 18, which means I'm not going to get him anywhere. Um, And I've got Everett all the way down at 39. So I'll stream Everett if he can show me that he can come back and take over the bulk. But we've just listed a lot of weapons on this team that are going to be really good, even in the passing game. And I told you at the jump, that the quarterback was a bust. So tight ends to me is they're going to fall off the map. They're not going to be worth it at all. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to, if that quarterback's not going to perform while at the same time, we have two top 15
2: wide receivers. Absolutely. righty. That is it for our NFC West breakdown. We're finishing out the yeah. NFC this week. Tomorrow we have the final week before we get into our weekly, our NFL weekly content schedule. Uh, we have topics, but I'm going to, Ask uh, Sky if we can just do a bunch of random crap and get people ready for their leagues because uh, that is what fantasy football is. It is chaos and it always will be. Chaos. Questions, baby. Let's just do a bunch of. Let's just say why you don't want to draft Tyler Higby and why you Jack's should definitely, get, yeah, uh,
1: definitely draft Kenny. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. All right,
1: get us out of here. Hey, wait, we gotta we gotta tell people about the listener league real quick. What's all? Yeah, there's a listener league. All I know about it. Join the listener league. That's Look fine.
2: At- yeah, message message TCK pod uh, TCK underscore pod on Twitter, face football underscore TCK pod on Instagram, or you see my Twitter, Dwayne's Twitter. Just message one of us. We still have a couple spots left. Um, get in there. Lose me, baby. Someone someone's got to beat me. Running champ from last year. Well, I guess relatively you won't be playing me this year. But you got to got to get to be able to play me. Whole uh, string of stuff going along with okay. it. The whole world down. So if you want to be left in
1: the the tramplings behind me as I as I climb my way to the top, please join the league. Jump on, get with us. Landyfootball.com. It's wonderful. Tckpod.com. It's wonderful. Catch you guys next Monday. We
0: gotta go. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy.